0: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is Wednesday. Welcome to Steel Curtain Network. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. At this time, you would usually be listening to the Steel City Insider with the one and only Jim Wexel and Jeremy Ritz, but they are off for a period of time in the summer in their own offseason as they get recharged and ready. For the regular season, and of course, training camp, which leads up to that regular season. Can't wait to have them back. But in the meantime, you will be hearing episodes of The Call Sheet with Kevin Smith and also a special edition of Bad Language with yours truly, Brian Anthony Davis, the B, the A, and the D. So, with that being said, it is time once again to get into it and have lots of fun talking about the Steelers. This is a special show today with not much going on in the month of June, going into July. Now, July will definitely heat up. We're going to go ahead and go back in time a little bit and look at something that I think is very special, and it's the Unsung Heroes. And I'm thinking about a gentleman that just passed away last week for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it's Clark Haggins, And... This is something that I originally put together back in 2020. I put together this list. And I was thinking, who are the best Pittsburgh Steelers to never be honored with going to the Pro Bowl? And one of those guys on that list was Clark Hagans, an outside linebacker. And once again, we tragically lost a member of our Steelers family last week when Clark passed away at the age of 46. And when I was looking at this list, I had seen that Clark was included on my list that I compiled, once again, three years before. And so I was thinking, let's go ahead and put this in podcast form and go and take a look at it. We're going to talk more about Clark next week. Actually, we're actually going to do it this week with a very special edition of Bad Language, instead of Here We Go, the Steelers show with Kevin Smith out this week. Hey, it's summer. Everybody deserves that hard-earned vacation. So we're going to go ahead and look at the defense in just a few days. Today, we're going to go ahead and take a look at the offense. But before we do that, I just want to remind you to check out Steel Curtain Network for all your favorite Pittsburgh Steelers content. There is so much of it, even in the offseason. You are getting over 20 original shows every single week. Count them. twenty. In fact, there could be as high as 22, 23. It just depends on the day and if there's breaking news. So we keep on going no matter whether the team is enjoying their own vacation or if they're getting ready for camp, or if they're in the midst of a playoff race. That's what we do here. We bleed black and gold, and we know you do too. So let's be black and gold blood brothers and sisters. How about that? And that's what we're doing. So check out Jeff Hartman this morning. If you did not hear the most recent episode of Let's Ride, the Wednesday edition, the mailbag edition, very good stuff. You also want to go ahead and go back and check out the Scobro show from last night. Very good episode with Rich and Dave Schofield doing their Steelers brotherly love. There was another episode of The Fixed with Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts yesterday as well. And if you missed the most recent cutting room floor with Jeffrey Benedict Go ahead and take a gander at that. Well, take a gander where you can find it and then take a nice hard listen. It's good stuff. It's not stuff you're going to find on YouTube. It's on our only, audio only channel here at Steel Curtain Network. So let's get into it. So one of the reasons that I'm doing this, I talked about thinking about Clark Hagan's and thinking about what his impact was to the team and how important he was, but he was never – honored as a Pro Bowl player. And then I'm thinking, there are so many more out there as well. Now, when I put this list together, there's going to be some names omitted. And there's going to be just about two, and I think they're both on the defensive side. And the reason they are going to be omitted is because even though they did not make the Pro Bowl as a Pittsburgh Steeler, There's two individuals that made the Pro Bowl with another team. So I'm actually keeping off the list for the reason of never being a Pro Bowl. So let's get into it. Probably the most controversial and the weirdest list we have here is the quarterback position. Now, I'm going to say this. When I look at this list, I don't think any of these fellas really should have been a Pro Bowl player. Only one of them had the kind of season that you could probably say that, well, he quite possibly could have gotten in. And that's Tommy Maddox. But if you look at Tommy Maddox's stats, he was mostly a starter in 2002. After being the MVP of the XFL and the Los Angeles team came over to the Steelers, had a very good career for the Steelers. But if you go ahead and look at him, his overall record was 15-16-1 and one as a Pittsburgh Steeler. He had 603 completions in black and gold. He had the highest percentage passing with completions of anybody on this list of 58.2 and threw for 7,139 yards as a Steeler but that's not the guy i'm going to look at here other guys i'm looking at and this is just basically as a starter that i'm looking at here i'm going to have a special spot for backup players as well backup quarterbacks even though most of these guys would have not been considered for a pro bowl being a backup i actually think there should be a backup position in the hall of fame a backup quarterback and thinks so, i'm nuts for that but they're a backup quarterback specialists. They're that great. But I digress. A lot of people are going to mention Joe Gilliam. Joe was actually the only one that I have on this list with a winning record as a starter of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he was 4-2-1. But his completion percentage was only 44.4%. he only threw for twenty one oh three as a Pittsburgh Steeler. Ended up with nine touchdowns, 17 interceptions. Now, the only one on this list that was positive when it comes to interceptions to touchdowns, well, that was Tommy Maddox, who had 42 versus 40 as a Pittsburgh Steeler. Mark Malone's another guy that people might bring up not happily. He was only 54. Excuse me. He was only 21 of a total of 45 starts. So he's 21 and 24. He had only had a 50.2 percentage rate, 8,582 yards, and 54 interceptions. Excuse me. 54 touchdowns to 68 interceptions. And then you go ahead and look at the guy that I'm going to give the award here to. And it's not Cordell Stewart, because Cordell Stewart went to the Pro Bowl in 2001. A lot of people are going to say, why not Cordell? Well, he was honored. He had a great season in 2001. But the guy I'm looking at here only had a record of 28 and 29 as a Steelers starter. He's a Super Bowl champion with the Denver Broncos. With 10,104 yards and a completion percentage of 52.5. Touchdowns to interceptions 51-57. to But the best on this list goes to one Walter Bubby Brister. Not a stellar list. Really not. The other quarterbacks that could be brought up as the best in Pittsburgh Steeler history And the best being, well, the best being Terry Bradshaw and Ben Roethlisberger and even, I know you hate when I say this, Neil O'Donnell. Well, they all have Pro Bowls under their belt. Now, of course, I'm not bringing up Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett only has one season with the Steelers. So I'm not going to put... Current players on this list as well. Because they haven't had, they still have an opportunity to become a Pro Bowl player. A guy that's not on this list at tight end or offensive tackle waited about 12 to 13 years before he went to his one and only Pro Bowl, and that's Larry Brown. We're going to talk about him a little bit later. So there's always time to get there. Here's a rough part of the list for me as well, because it's very confusing. And it's the running back slash fullback position. Now, officially, Franco Harris was a fullback. Officially, a lot of these players that I'm going to talk about were fullbacks back then. The position has changed. If I'm going to go ahead and award a fullback... I'm going to go ahead and look at guys that were primarily blockers. They were not featured in an offense. They were not a thousand yard rushers. They were not guys that were primarily carrying the football. So I'm going to break this list up a little bit. I'm probably going to award a few more here. And of course, this list is always up for debate. But let's look at fullback. The top two on the list are going to be Chris fumatu Malfalo and Dan Kreider. And Chris was probably less of a fullback some parts of his career. But if you want the truest fullback to ever play for the Pittsburgh Steelers in what the modern game is now, it's Dan Kreider. He only had two touchdowns rushing in his career. Doesn't matter. That guy carried the mail. He was not Tim Lester, who I believe Tim Lester had a Pro Bowl back with the Los Angeles Rams as well. But he also paved the way at some point for Jerome Bettis. But Dan Kreider was the guy. So without much debate, You're going to go ahead and put number 35, the man out of New Hampshire, on the list. Dan Kreider's your fullback. Now, other fullbacks you could look at would be guys like Frenchie Fuqua, but he was a ball carrier. He had almost 3,000 yards and 21 touchdowns for the Steelers. Anybody crying Rosie Nix went to the Pro Bowl for the Steelers at fullback. So you can't put him on the list. So this is a tough list, and because of the fullback and running back controversy here and the confusion between the two, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to award three. Three on this list. Because you have about three running backs and one fullback usually on a roster. So if we look at guys that were leading the team and rushing and very important to the team. That's why we're going to look at this. So I'm going to do it in what I think is my order. And some of them, now This there's probably going to be a lot of debate here. There's two I'm going to leave off the list. They were finalists, but they didn't make it. And it's Rashard Mendenhall, who in a very short time had a very good career in Pittsburgh, ended up with 3,549 yards. He had 29 touchdowns and two more as a receiver out of the backfield. Rashard Mendenhall is not beloved in Pittsburgh for comments made on the microphone and for that fumble in the Super Bowl. But you can't deny how good Mendenhall was, especially in that 2010 season. He was fantastic. A lot of touchdowns that year, too. Walter Abercrombie was a number one pick and you would be surprised on really what he did as far as touchdowns. He had 22 in about a six-year career in Pittsburgh. Abercrombie had 3,357 yards. Split time with another man who is going to make this team on the no Pro Bowl team. The other guy that I'm going to bring up here. I mentioned Frenchie who had 21 touchdowns. Yeah. I'm not going to put Frenchie on the list either, but the guys that I'm going to put on the list and at number three, I'm going to put Merrill Hodge on the list and I'm going to make Merrill Hodge. I'm going to make him our third down back on this no pro bowl team. Merrill actually had 3,115 yards rushing. He had that gorgeous postseason for the Steelers in 1989. Just absolutely phenomenal. And he was sharing time with Tim Worley. Tim Worley does not make this list, does not even become a finalist on this list. But Merrill Hodge, 3,115 yards, like I said, 21 touchdowns. But as a receiver out of the backfield, 2,054 yards and he had 13 touchdowns. So total touchdowns, the man had 34, he had over 5,000 yards. He needs to be on this list for that reason. Another guy that is going to be a favorite of everybody. He's a sentimental favorite and he cannot be ignored, even though he shared time with one of the greatest in Steelers history, Franco Harris. It's Rocky Blyer. He had 3,865 yards. Another 1,294 out of the backfield. Total of 25 touchdowns, 23 of them on the ground. Rocky Blyer gets it, one, because he's Rocky Blyer, but two, those are pretty good stats. So he's going to be my number two back on this team. Number one is a guy that, a lot of people don't think about, but he is the seventh leading rusher in Pittsburgh Steeler history. He had 3,989 yards, 20 touchdowns, and 872 receiving. And that's Frank Pollard, one of my favorite Steelers. There could be a debate between Rocky Blyer and Frank Pollard, but they're both making of a team. You know, they actually could be one and one B. They could actually be tied for this. And you could do what you want with it. But both Rocky and Frank make the team. One of the main reasons I'm looking at Frank is because he was the number one guy. He never did have a thousand-yard season in 1985. He had 890 yards rush. Excuse me, 990 yards rushing. A couple more rushes, and he gets it. But He didn't, but you've got to honor him on this team, especially being the seventh leading rusher and being pretty much the guy in the 1980s. If I'm not mistaken, I think he is the top rusher in the 1980s. And he would beat out Franco Harris on that list in the eighties. But of course, Franco was at the end of his career, but I actually need to, I need to go ahead and check that. I need to see who had more rushing yards. Franco could have been really close he did most of his work in the 70s though most of his great yards we're gonna go ahead and take a break and we will be back right after this with the rest of the offense man the show is going fast already we're just cruising through time talking about these players and it's a lot of fun for me so stick around we'll be right back Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Welcome back to Bad Language. It's a special Wednesday edition as Brian Anthony Davis, that's me, fills in for Jeremy Ritz and Jim Wexel, as they are on a brief hiatus, enjoying the offseason. Here, the official offseason, man, those guys work really hard being insiders for your very own Pittsburgh Steelers. So they deserve a break. I am going to go ahead and fill in this week. We also will fill in with Kevin Smith, who is also on a much deserved vacation, and he will be back with another episode of the call sheet as well filling in in the next few weeks once we get to training camp we're going to see so much more and hear so much more of Jim and Jeremy so stay tuned for that so let's get on to it we went back and once again we're looking at the best in Pittsburgh Steeler history of non pro bowlers guys that were good but never got that nod and you know I know the Pro Bowl now is specialized and it's one of those things that it could I mean the fans are voting it could be a popularity contest I get it. then you have guys that make the team because others bail out I get it in fact it's not that special anymore to a lot of people but I still think it is if you get to go to that game or you get nominated or selected to that team It means something to those players. It means that you're one of the best in that season. We've had a lot of Steelers make the Pro Bowl over the year. Countless. I can't tell you the number because it's so many. But there's some very good players that haven't. We're going to go ahead now with the tight ends. This one will go a lot quicker. Guys that a lot of people are going to bring up will be players like Mike Malarkey. Jesse James, he caught that ball, by the way, and Vance McDonald. Jesse James had nine touchdowns, Vance had eight. They were really close in games played and completions and yards as well. Mark Bruner is another guy that you can actually look at on this list. And I... I actually struggled not putting Mark Bruner on this list. If you want to put him in as a third tight end, you can. He was a number one pick. He was more of a blocker. He was not a primary receiver as a tight end. They weren't looking at the tight end position that much when Mark Bruner was playing from 1995 to, I believe it was 2003. So Mark Bruner, who is now still with the organization, he's back with the organization. He's a scout, along with Ike Taylor's a scout. Chidi Chidi Uwoma, another guy that they brought back. Bruner with those 16 TDs, that's pretty good for the tight end position. But we're not going to go ahead and look at Mark Bruner here. Once again, if you wanna if you want to put an asterisk next next to him and say, all right, he's your third tight end, y- you can. But I'm actually gonna look at a duo here. My number two tight end here was the number two tight end a good bit of his career to my number one tight end. And it's Randy Grossman. Randy Grossman had 119 catches, 1,514 yards, five touchdowns. But he had touchdowns when it counted. It was He was a really big deal for this team in the 70s. And he's a four-time Super Bowl champion. And an all-around awesome dude. I had a chance to meet him. Fantastic guy. One of the nicest of men you, you're ever going to meet. But the guy we got to give it to is the late Betty Cunningham. And here's the reason. Benny Cunningham played for two Steeler championships. It was a number one pick for the Steelers. 1977 draft. Or was it 76? I mix Robin Cole up quite a bit with Benny Cunningham. So I'm going to have to look that up. And I apologize for, uh, I thought I knew it. I think Cole's 77. I think Benny Cunningham's 76 as far as the year they were drafted, number one. Benny Cunningham, though, in the early part of the 80s, tight end was featured a lot for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Benny Cunningham was good. And I think he's the best dealer tight end here to not make a Pro Bowl. 2,879 yards, 20 touchdowns. He leads in touchdowns here. I know Grossman has nine less than Mark Bruner, but Grossman meant so much more to the team as a tandem with Benny Cunningham. And also, he was doing it alone, too, before Benny Cunningham came along. He was also doing it with a guy that I mentioned earlier that is not on this team. Even though he did not make it as a tight end, Larry Brown still made a Pro Bowl. He was at a different position, but I can't put him on this list. So it's Cunningham and Grossman. now you went jam-packed. Let's talk wide receiver. there's so many on the list and in a fan poll, a couple of guys that would make this list in a fan poll and they have are Ernie Mills and Antoine Randall L. Antoine Randall L. Is actually going to make it as a punt returner here. I don't have I'm saving that for next week, but I'm just letting you know. He was that good as a punt returner for the Steelers. As a receiver, did well for the Steelers. 184 touchdowns. Excuse me. Oh wow, that'd be amazing. 184 catches, 2265 yards and seven TDs. He was a good utility man for him too. Gadget guy. Ernie Mills was an unheralded guy. Did a lot of nice things in the playoffs for the Steelers. If he doesn't get hurt, the Steelers I think win that Super Bowl. In Super Bowl 30 got hurt in that game. 187 catches, 15 touchdowns, 2003 yards. A lot of people might mention Jeff Graham. He only had 1311 yards and one touchdown for the Steelers. He did better things in Chicago and as a New York Jet. Martavis Bryant had a lot of TDs in a little bit of time, 17 touchdowns, 2,183 yards, but not good enough to make this list, even though his touchdowns are high. But there's guys with higher. Now, here's where I struggle. How do I go ahead and cut this down to four? I can't. I'll let this be, I'll let you decide all this. Here's a guy that no one's going to put on the list because they don't know how good he was and how important he was before the team got huge. And that's Ron Shanklin. Ron Shanklin had 3,047 yards. And he and Frank Lewis were the guys before Swan and Stallworth came along. Frank Lewis has a Pro Bowl. I believe it was with the Buffalo Bills. But Ron Shanklin, with those 24 touchdowns and over 3,000 yards, cannot be denied. So I'm putting him on the list. A lot of reason you're not going to put him on the list, you don't know who he was. Because he played in the early, very early 70s. And not long, he was overshadowed by superstars and, and Hall of Famers. Another guy I'm going to put on this list was not in Pittsburgh for long, but when he was here, he did a lot of damage. Should have never left, by the way. But they won a Super Bowl without him. But I'm still putting Tycho Burris on this list. But I'm putting him in. I'm actually putting him in at the number three position here. Not number four. I had him mixed up on my page. 23 touchdowns for the Steelers. Short bit of time. 4,206 yards. So he is the most yardage of anybody on this list. And the 23 touchdowns, that can't be denied either. He played a lot with Heinz Ward too. My number four guy is a gentleman we lost last year right around this time. It's Charles Johnson. Charles Johnson, here's another guy that if he was not hurt at the end of that 1995 season, I think the Steelers are better in the Super Bowl, too. There's no Corey Holiday to run the wrong route. Neil O'Donnell's not throwing two interceptions if, in a crucial part of that game if Charles Johnson's there and if Ernie Mills is there. I know, Pat, how can you say that? I, I can say it. I, I firmly believe that. 247 catches for the Steelers, 3,400 yards, 15 touchdowns. People don't realize that Johnson was that good. He also played on the time with Yancey Thigpen. He had a 1,000-yard season in 1996 for the Steelers. A lot of people forget that. So he's on this list at number three. My number two guy is a guy that Tony and I, Tony Defeo and I talk about all the time. And that's guy, another guy that you're not going to think of because he played. He was the third receiver and played with Lynn Swan and John Stallworth. But the Steelers would have not won the games that they did and won the Super Bowls that they did without Smith. He was the third option. 110 receptions, 2,075 yards, and 24 TDs. You can make a case that you could put Plexico higher. But I can't. Those touchdowns are tied with Ron Shanklin for the the most on this list. And I I don't think they can be denied. Tony and I contend that if Jim Smith was on that 1984 team, because he left to go to the USFL, He went to the USFL, and he had, I believe, 20 touchdowns in 1985 in the USFL. But if he was on that team with Lewis Lips and John Stallworth, the Steelers would have done so much more in that season. They could have possibly knocked off the Dolphins in that game, in that AFC championship game. I'm a big Jim Smith guy. Number one here, though, never to make a Pro Bowl. Our no-Pro Bowl team, Santonio Holmes. 235 receptions, 3,835 yards, and 20 touchdowns. Now, you're going to say that's not as good as Plexico Burris. It's not. But I, how dynamic Santonio was and how he stepped up. Oh, my gosh. He stepped up in a major way in the postseason that's why I'm putting Santonio Holmes at number one. Wow, that's that's a crazy list. Let's go ahead and go through the offensive linemen. Look, I'm not bringing anybody else up at center. Ray Mansfield played center for the Steelers for 13 years, and a lot of people don't know he was the starter on the first two Super Bowl teams, not Mike Webster. It's Ray Mansfield. Played 152 games. The Ranger passed away in 1996. It's Ray Mansfield and nobody else right now. You might be able to put Mason Cole on the list right now, but most of the centers that you know made multiple Pro Bowls. Mike Webster, Jeff Hardings, Dermani Dawson, and of course, Marquise Pouncey. So Ray Mansfield's the guy. There's really not much of a discussion here. You're not going to put Justin Hartwig, who had a, a good season or two for the Steelers, won a Super Bowl. You're not going to put him on that list, though. Offensive tackle. Wow, this is this is kind of uh, this is kind of tough here too. There's some good players. Justin Strelzik had 75 starts for the Steelers. Wayne Gandy, 63. Marcus Gilbert. A lot of people would put Marcus Gilbert and Max Starks on this list. Gilbert had 87, Starks had 96, but the guys for me are two guys named John, an offensive tackle, John Kolb, four Super Bowl championships, just the ultimate guy, a man's man, should have been on, on a Pro Bowl team, hit 138 starts for the Steelers, but he was the guy, he's my number one, my number two here is John Jackson, a tackle, 120 games. He was a guy that, you know, not a lot of people thought much about him when he came on the team in 1988. But he became a starter and was a starter for a long time. And by the time he left after the 1997 season and went to the San Diego Chargers, in free agency, he was a very important piece of that puzzle in the 90s. Great player for the Steelers. John Jackson never made a Pro Bowl, but he's making my no Pro Bowl team. So I'm going with John Kolb. I'm going with John Jackson. Let's look at guards. People are going to mention Chris Kiyomato. Kimo I always have trouble. I'm never going to get that right. People are going to mention Brendan Stye. Jerry Moon Mullins was on the Super Bowl teams. Very good player. Terry Long as well. And there could be a case for both Mullins and Long. Steve Corson is a guy in the li- the 70s 80s that you would talk about too but if i'm putting two guys on this list it's got to be sam davis the late sam davis we lost him a couple years ago on those 70s teams he was a fantastic guard for the steelers and a guy who never won a super bowl with the steelers but is the guy right now that i think is the voice of the steelers even though he's not the play by play man but everybody he's synonymous with the Steelers. It's Craig Wolfley, Wolfley and Sam Davis are my guys here. So if you look at the offensive line and I'm not, I'm not caring about left and right tackle here and left and right guard. I'm just going to say John Kolb and John Jackson are my tackles. Craig Wolfley and Sam Davis are my guards. And Ray Mansfield's my center. Man, I tell you what, this is a good team. This is shaping up to be a nice team. I like this team. Kicker is basically between Sean Sweezum and Jeff Reed. Chris Boswell made a Pro Bowl. And I think you can also make a case now that Chris Boswell's and Gary Anderson are the two best kickers in Pitts history. But I would have to say it's Boswell because his percentage is better. Even though, guys, now their percentages are so much better. They gave a lot of leeway to kickers back then. It's different now. But Jeff Reed's my guy. Jeff Reed has more stats, better stats than Sean Suizam here. And Jeff Reed is a two-time Super Bowl champion here as well. We're going to go ahead and give it to Skippy Reed. There's your team. There is your team once again Bubby Brister is the quarterback here I, I think I think a lot of people will say thats suspect but it is what it is it's it's the uh he's the best of the bunch here your backup quarterback being Charlie batch and there's not much of a discussion Charlie batch is the guy I didn't talk about him earlier but six and three 12 touchdowns 12 interceptions but was great when it counted. Byron Leftwich is only 0-1 as a Steeler starter. Dan crowder's your fullback. Your running backs, Merrill Hodge, Rocky blyer and Frank Pollard. Your tight ends, Benny Cunningham and Randy Grossman. Your wide receivers, Jim Smith, Charles Johnson, Santonio Holmes, Plexigo Burris, and Ronnie Shanklin. There you go. That's the list. We're going to do this again in a couple days. As we do this on Here We Go, The Steeler Show, as I'm going to be solo. So check that out for the conclusion of this very special episode. Thanks so much for enjoying, letting me enjoy your company. In for the Steel City Insider, it's Brian Anthony Davis. This has been a special edition of Bad Language. And as always, I ain't apologizing for nothing.